idea of uh, uh, finding refuge within, I think it's universal in some sense in every, every tradition. I think probably all the schools, all the belief systems, we all have that same principle. And I really need to ease my mind. So please don't call me to this weekend time. I'm saying welcome to Chillin' Ambitious Season 2. Yeah. Uh, this is the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. I'm oh, I'm no, and together we make oh, oh no. no. Ha. Yeah. Oh, so good to be back. It is. We're on season fucking two now. <sighs> no, that's so weird. Um, so yeah, we're here on season two, and uh, you know, in case you missed season one, can you tell us? Yeah, we uh, interview life innovators, and life innovators are people who. Integrate their passions into their daily life, their lifelong passions into their daily lives. Um, and so we highlight those people and how they do it. And we try and learn and be inspired by them. We're constantly inspired by them. It's true. And uh, we are actually starting in San Francisco Bay Area this time. What, what? Yeah, area. And knows <laughs> hometown. I'm from, I'm from the Bay. Um, what are you enjoying about being in the Bay? Me? Yes, you. I am loving it. Well, one, <laughs> knows family is awesome. And like staying with them is just, I don't know. I feel very welcomed. Yeah, there's always food. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah, yeah the, you got me with the food. Uh, got me with the food uh, and the hookah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. And But in terms of... Uh, Checking out our life interview. I feel like the Bay Area life interview, like people, there's some interesting people here and we actually went and shadowed them in a way. So like we, we went to a sex dungeon. Yes, that was fun. Uh, uh. <laughs> we've been to recording studios, uh, some interesting yoga studios, and we also went to visit some bees. Yes. Um, so that recording studio uh, that we reference is the 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 studio of the hip hop artist formerly known as A One. They call me A to the Uno. And so, if you're from the vein, you know A One. You know um, he now <laughs> goes by Adam Vita. He explains some of the reasons why um, later. But Adam, it was such a treat. Oh my god, it was so good. He's he's very charming. He is so charming and a wonderful musician and thoughtful. Uh, yeah. Great answers. Honestly, this is like such a good conversation. Yeah. And uh, the topic that we talk about is refuge and his relationship with it through his music. So we talk about the importance of refuse, refuge and how to create it for yourself, as well as how to help create refuge for others. Adam is such like he, he finds refuge in his music, but then people find refuge in his music. Like he makes the music and that's his refuge, which is like this active creative process, mm -hmm. right? But then people are listening to the music and they find refuge in that, like engaging in it and like finding a relation to them. Like it's like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the way to describe it is like a, it's well, like being like, like is like getting like a really great, like, like an emotional hug or something like that. <laughs> Giving your ears a hug. A hug, a hug, auditory hug. Um, so like there's, yeah, but it's like, like so some, so, and for me, I love music. Like, I don't make music. I should, I think sometimes. No, but like, I love, you've seen me. For me, like, Refuge might be like, 
You love you, singing in your car. You, I love singing in the car. You've never, yeah. And you don't give a fuck about who's listening or how you <laughs> sound, and you're just like totally in the zone. And uh, <clears throat> I think what you were saying about Adam and it being a refuge for him and then making it for other people, I think that makes sense because a lot of times the conversations we have with ourselves is how we end up relating to other people. So if he's giving himself safe space, it's like welcoming you to be a part of that too because he's being safe with himself. He's not judging himself constantly. So maybe... Or like if he is being critical of, his, of himself, it's like in a way that's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And it's that like invites you to be like, it's going to be okay. Even yeah. though there's some shit going on. Yeah. So I think that's interesting because like refuge, you can be creating something or you could just be giving in to something that you kind of like need, like you need to find solace. Right. Uh, so I think that why I really like this topic of refuge is I think it's key to being chill and ambitious, which is this podcast. Because uh, as we've mentioned before, uh, a lot of times if people are just chill, they don't get anything done. But if they're too ambitious, people have these negative connotations that they're going to be cut through and all these things. And why I think that's important for refuge is refuge is a place of safety. That's not a place where someone's going to throw you under the bus. Yeah. So if you need this sense of refuge with your ambition, and I think it can be almost synonymous in this case of chill, like being able to maybe the refuge is the chill part because it's like your ambition has uh uh i guess a positive how do i want to say it like the same way that adam creates a refuge for other people but his ambition is in making in making music music because he's doing that's that's ambitious action yeah and i think when we say people are ambitious like we want to be chill and ambitious they want to be like the type of people who bring people along with them all i want to know is who's coming with Versus throw, like getting to the top by like throwing other people out of the bus. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. Yeah, nobody got time for that. Right. <laughs> so I'm super excited today to talk with someone whose career I've actually been following uh, since he came onto the rap scene in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm really excited because. I feel like he's super chill and ambitious. Like I, I have listened to his music for a long time and I feel like that he's kind of like the perfect combination of like what it is to grow up in the Bay Area, like talking about like, you know, um, the struggles of life and then also just making it really fun and unique. Um, Kale. Talking about Kale. Yeah. <laughs> songs. And like, yeah, like making really fun music with friends um, and like, but taking it seriously. And so I, to me, that's like the perfect, like intersection of being chill and ambitious. So, um, yeah, his name is A1. It's A1, the first name on your iPod. Flash like a camera on top of a tripod. Hi, Adam. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, everybody. (laughs) Hi, yeah. What up? What's good? Yeah. um, I'm so excited to be on Chill and Ambitious right now. This is cool. We're so excited to have you. Um, we talked a lot, uh, about a lot of different things, but, um, I think what's really kind of cool about him is, um, he plays the role of confidant to many. And so there's also this like cycle of, we talked about this cycle of mentorship and how you learned, um, to rap and kind of had like a safe place, like, like a, I called it a hip hop cocoon when you told me mm-hmm. that hip hop mm-hmm. cocoon. Um, but really it was just like the, the, the idea of creative refuge through music. Um, so that's what 
um, we're going to be talking about today. So do you want to tell us about how you kind of got started learning to rap or got involved in hip hop? And Sure. Um, let's see. I believe, well, you want from the very beginning, from the very to tip top of how it all started? Sure. Um, okay. Well, I guess I, I think it would be back when I was like 14, 15 years old. Uh, I had a bunch of friends that were um, doing Youth Speaks, which is this program in the Bay Area that's like encouraging and showing the youth how to write poetry and how to slant, do slam poetry. And um, I had a bunch of friends that were involved in the program and I would like go to the poetry slams and stuff and just be kind of like enamored with all the older guys that were just like slamming these poems and, and saying all these, these, you know, just having these really like dope political pieces and socially conscious pieces. And around that same time, I really started getting into like lyrical hip hop. Cause before that I was just listening to like underground Bay area, like the gangster rap and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but after the, you know, around that time I started getting more into like, Lyrical East Coast hip hop like Wu Tang and uh and um Jada Kiss and Talib Kweli and and um and uh Feral Monch and stuff like that. So just uh, <laughs> all those things coming together at the same time um sort of inspired me to start writing. So I started writing around that time and uh and uh, it coincided with me working at this program, this summer school program called Aim High, where I met um, my good friend Isaac, a.k.a. the Sack Master, and um, an older cat um, who was a huge influence on me named uh, Sheldon, uh, a.k.a. Big Tuna. I love Big Tuna. I love Big that Tuna. name. Big so Tuna. He good. was the man. <laughs> um, and those dudes, like Isaac showed me how to make beats, and he also had a... a also had a, uh, a hip hop band called Profit um, that would perform at these like little functions. They would perform at Youth Speak shows. They would perform at the JCC. Um, P R F E T. P R O P H E T. P H E T. P R. I'm trying to remember the song. P R O P H E T. Something like that. M E T H. Yeah. M E T H O D. M E T H O D. Yeah. So. And and then uh and you know so I would I would even it got to the point where they were in the, even inviting me to their like jam sessions and their rehearsals and I would you know start spitting rhymes at the rehearsals and and uh Sheldon Big Tuna was like um encouraging me I was his coworker at Aim High and he was like really encouraging me to like um keep keep up with the writing and we would do like freestyle sessions after after school and he would be like really pushing me to jump in and stop being scared because I was like really nervous and just like yeah, ashamed of, of yeah. ashamed of my like you know uh amateur flows <laughs> um but he just like encouraged me to just keep writing keep at it keep freestyling and keep jumping in the freestyle sessions even when I'm not confident and over time I just gained confidence I started performing with profit uh I became like the uh the second MC in profit and um sort of uh performed at a lot of these little events and uh got and learned how to have a stage presence and then from then on it's just like i kind of knew that that's what i wanted to do and just kept at it and that's, that's awesome I mean. that must have been such a rush like 
just going and performing when you're so nervous and then just like coming out at the end and finding out like okay I did all right yeah <laughs> right right you didn't die right? yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's like it's like I, I imagine it's like fighting you know like how you feel like you know going into a fight and feeling like so scared for your life and yeah. then coming out and being like oh that wasn't so bad you know like you know I'm, I'm not made, I'm not made of glass you know like I'm yeah. A, so yeah so when I turned 18 Everybody told me, you better start thinking about what you gonna be A doctor, a lawyer, you could go see about college and follow with a good J-O-B Cause you don't wanna be another triple OG On the corner talking about he could've flipped a whole key If he never would've got bleed by the police So, trust me, you could be employee in a month If you work hard, put in OT, stack your cheese stack your- But you were really lucky though to have that kind of like, you know That help, that, that like kind of insulation of like, yeah, like people who are already doing it but encouraging you to do it and being like don't worry about failing don't worry about failing. absolutely like, yeah yeah that's that's so crucial do you think that you would have like like was there a point ever where you felt like maybe you didn't want to keep rapping or you were just like oh there's been a million <laughs> points where i felt like i didn't want to keep i still feel like that sometimes you know where i just get discouraged and feel like what am i doing you know this is not a real I'm trying to make a career out of something that's not even real. You know, it's like yeah, because you love doing it, right? Yeah, I mean, I love doing it, and it's 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 a passion of mine. But I always have this like one thing I always tell people is like if the asteroid were to come down tomorrow, you know, or the nuclear war started tomorrow or something, then like zombie apocalypse. A rap a rapper is not a real <laughs> thing that we need. You know what I mean? Like, but then people always tell me like. But that is what we need. Yeah, you know? that is the communicator. Exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. the journalist. Yeah. We need, we need, you know, when people are dying and the, and there's no, it's, everything seems hopeless. It's like, we're going to need the artists, you know, and the, and the music makers to, to lift everyone's spirits and to, to inspire people to continue, you know? Yeah. So that kind of makes me feel good. And, well, you, wait, there's, that, there's, yeah. There's like, <laughs> I mean, hold, hold on. Like, hold on. No, no, this is so, it's so crucial. The culture, like actually like national culture is like associated with the music that comes out of it, like lyrically. And, you know, I mean, there've been studies done where, um, like neuroscientists have studied how like patterns of music have improved people with like schizophrenia, people with like neurodegenerative degenerative diseases. Mm. But then, you know, it, they've also though, like it's helped with anxiety and de- like it's proven to help anxiety and depression mm. mm-hmm. and even physical pain. So like that's exactly what the world needs is, pe- you know, somebody coming from a place of like empathy and being able to communicate that. Yeah, and also, isn't hip-hop grounded in some sense of, like, reporting what's going on in real life? Like, you're saying that, like, that's why you loved A1, because he's, like, telling you what it's like to be in the Bay Area and living in the Bay Area and being able to do it in an engaging way. It's it's storytelling, but it's also, like, grounded in some realness, right? And talking about issues that people care about and that you can't always get from. I mean, not not all rap is, but... but, uh, I think that's where it originated. Right, and, right, uh, right. And that's what I try to do. It yeah, carry yeah. on that that side of the tradition, yeah, you know, is the yeah. storytelling and the and the reporting and the the communicating and sort of just like um carrying on a message. Yeah. yeah. You know? Was it the the revolution what? won't be televised? Um, Gil Scott Heron. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, because it won't be. It but won't yeah. be. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance.
Yeah, but, they're uh, gonna be all locked. Yeah, everything's gonna be apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have like. But what I find left over totally. But what I find like fun about your music, it's actually it's fun to listen to. But you know, there's definitely there's some some that's like more serious that t- tackles sure. some more serious issues, or sometimes it's really fun, and then they'll you know you'll get a line or two of like some fun stuff mixed in there. It's like it's kind of like it's enjoy like you're learning. Um, like you're, you're like, oh, he feels me, but I'm still having a good time. Like, and that's kind of mm-hmm, a really mm-hmm. hard balance to strike where you're not like talking at somebody. Right, right. Because so many socially conscious rappers are just so preachy and serious and they kind of make you feel, they kind of belittle you with their knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, you should be doing more because you're, the world is messed up because you're, you're part of the problem and not part of the solution. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I don't, I, I'm like, I understand that. And it's, it's, I'm sure it's true in a lot of cases, but that's not what I, that's not my plan with my music. That's not what I want to do. I want people to feel like after they've listened to what I have to say, like they've had a really good conversation with a friend that made them feel all right about everything, you know, um, all right about their situation, feel inspired to do more, feel inspired to like continue on. That's beautiful. You know? Yeah. So. That's kind of you continuing on, though, that like what you kind of had that experience, that, that experience with Big Tuna and Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. And the then sack, shout out Sack Master. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's well, like a, we were talking about it as a refuge. A yeah. A bit like uh, a place where you you aren't going to be judged in that way. I think what you're saying about like some of your gripes about some of the more socially conscious rappers where it it is it's, it's not a safe place like so if you disagree with them or even have questions it's kind of like doesn't seem like you'd ever want to ask them questions about right 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 <laughs> you're gonna be like yeah. oh, there's he's no gonna think i'm an asshole <laughs> yeah there's, there's no room for mistakes on the part of the listener almost yeah, it's yeah. like you know yeah and I, that's that's one that's one problem i've always had with like socially conscious rappers even like some of the ones that i listen to is that they're just so um they're, they're sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for like dogmatic uh, yeah like dogmatic and, and 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 sort of like um like demonstrative you know what i mean um and that's fine i think we need that somewhere yeah but that's not your flavor yeah, yeah it's and not my thing i well, like i'm more of a I'm more, i want people to see me more as like a peer rather than like a a uh like a a, a paternal figure that's like <laughs> mm. scolding you you yeah, know yeah yeah i yeah. want i want i don't want i want it to be more like you know what dude like i'm in the same place you're in and like i make mistakes we, you make mistakes because we're human but you know we it's not it's not over for us it's not hopeless we can do something together is that know? what we could build yeah is that what thorough is about thorough that's that's the motto right yeah the- yeah thorough is um something that we came up with back in like 2012. Um, my homeboy Wustar, Sam Wustar, um, was sort of like encouraging me to come up with, with a sort of like a tagline, like a motto for, for our movement, you know, almost like a mission statement. And, um, I came up with thorough, which, you know, the word thorough means when something is like finalized, when it's complete, mm-hmm. when it's, when it's done, done well with care, you know? And uh, so I just did a spin off the word thorough. And so it's thorough. It's T-H-U-R-L. And it stands for think, hustle. Think as in um, the ability to like think for oneself. 
um, hustle, which is like to hustle for the things we need to, so that we can survive, you know, understand, which is like, um, understand those around you be open-minded and not judgmental and like accept that, you know, someone, you know, don't yuck another person's yum, except that some, that somebody that's different from you, you know, different religion, gender, sexual orientation is like, just because that's not your flavor, like you I love that, like your flavor, you know, just because yeah. that's not your flavor doesn't mean that that's not a, fla- that's not a, 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 an acceptable flavor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then finally really live or really love, which is like really live life to the fullest, be present in your life or really love like unconditionally with your heart, you know, and um, and the, the idea behind it is that if you can do all those things, if you if you can do those those four or five things that you are a thorough person that you yeah. Are complete, you know. Your life is complete, and you're a complete human being. So I love that. You should have like a thorough checklist for like every new person you meet. Do you do that? Do you go through like, <laughs> yep, yep, nah, sorry, dude. Hmm, they <laughs> for themselves and they hustle, but they're not understanding. No, they're and not they thorough. don't love. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, nah, no. Nah, I mean, you know, it's not. It's not that. I they're only hurl. <laughs> 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 See the plan is to think it's a hustle, but to also understand. Be a down-ass woman or a grown-ass man and realize that your life is in your own hands. Really live. Really live, cause this is real life. And really love, cause anything else is really trite. Yeah, so actually Woo Star is how um how like who introduced us um to do the to do this interview. Yeah. Um you were kind of surrounded by really awesome people though, like Sam's like really like he's a, he's a great producer and he's really mm-hmm. like dedicated in, in whatever he's doing and yeah. then, you know um I was talking with your manager and he's just like on it like yep. you're kind of like I love that these are your friends but like they're so on it how did you how did you luck out like how straight you straight luck straight <laughs> up straight up just like dumb luck it's it's amazing because. Cause I'm, I'm the most scatterbrained, like space case human being, you know, I just like, I'm late for everything. I'm just, I don't, I'm bad with calendars and appointments and like, um, and like staying on task or like getting things done in a timely fashion or like, I'm not efficient. I'm not organized. You're creative. Um, yeah, I'm just like <laughs> you're more more right brain. My yeah. yeah, totally. My my brain just doesn't work that way. You okay. know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. I just when when I have an idea, that's when I have it. It's not like and, and everything else when I'm when I'm focused on that idea, everything else important in my life just goes to the wayside. You know. So um, luckily, like Sam, I just ended up uh, Wu Star. I just ended up like meeting him through friends of friends and stuff and i saw that he was really dedicated to like producing and and um and making music and i just saw the creativity in him and so we sort of just like gravitated towards each other on um on like the creative tip um but he's like really really efficient like like when he sets his when he when he starts a project he finishes it in a timely manner early you know like and so you know um and i'm not that way so like having him uh alongside me has just been like so helpful you know what i mean because having him like uh producing with me or like you know being in on the studio sessions engineering my sessions it's like we get work done 
It's not just like, you know, a bunch of random ideas that never become final products. Like with Sam, they always become final products. Yeah, you found you your know? collaborator. You found your collaborator. Like, yeah, you, you found, you know, a good partnership. Yeah, a good yeah partnership. totally. And yeah. then L, that's my that's my manager. Like, um, we call him Lamont Blanco. Lamont Blanco. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. L time. Shout out Lawrence. Um He's like he was like the last piece of the puzzle, the most recent piece of the puzzle, I say. And he uh, he's just like an amazing. He's just amazing when it comes to like business and and numbers. And he just knows how to finagle. His art is like is like talking to people. You yeah. know, that's 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 his art is is um is is being able to 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 schedule things and and. Uh, book you know book shows book events just like anything anything on the business end of the spectrum he's very artful and like making it happen you know awesome so yeah but i guess that's because like you know like minds attract the thir- the thorough yeah the thorough runs deep in the crew yeah it all it, it helps <laughs> that we're all homies like i was friends with l before we became you know like yeah. We, we before we were on a creative team together yeah you know i was friends with with sam i, I knew sam like just at, at, through parties and stuff like that before we started doing music um and yeah. it, and it, and we're all ha- share the same vision we're all you know people who want to see a positive change in ourselves and in the people around us in our community and and ultimately the world Absolutely. That's so, really yeah. key to partnerships. That's, and that's really key to like what we're always talking about is like that the world works better when we play to our strengths. So it's like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you, found, you found your you found your crew. We kind of all like I think we all kind of know our crew. You just it's just like asking for that, like saying like, what's next? How do I fill in this the next piece of the puzzle? Mm-hmm. I think that happens kind of in, in groups of friends, too. You know, you get start to play your different roles, even when it's just like hanging out. You know, before you actually are like, okay, now you're about this thorough shit, but I'm sure like going out to partying, one of you guys was like, I'm the one that like talks to people. I'm the one that like knows where all the parties are and like make sure everyone has water. And then there's like the person who like, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever, they always find the deals for like the tickets or something like that, sure, you yeah. know, and like. Yeah. Um, but then like, you're like, wait, what if we actually were like using these forces towards something? Right, like, what right. could we do? Like a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <Voltron>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Form, like, Voltron. And you, and you notice like, you, you've probably seen like so many groups of friends that they all have a strength, you know, but they don't, they're not applying it in that yeah. way. They're not teaming up to make, to, 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 um, achieve a, a common goal. So it just so happens that like, it's, we, we just all got really lucky in the sense that we just did decide to team up and do it, you know? Um, cause I see so many people that I, I meet them. I'm like, wow, they're like really amazing at this one thing, but they're not, they're not, uh, use utilizing it because they don't have anyone to utilize it with or they're not applying themselves in that way but it's just it's just really cool that we decided to apply ourselves in this way to like achieve this common goal yeah so. well it's really important to be like around people you trust because you know that way like you you said something about like having the uh i don't know how you phrase it like the permission to fail or the person like to mess mess up right and having right. it um that not hinder you from like taking risks right mm-hmm. and like being able to like push forward and you're working with a team that they know like everyone knows people have different strengths and weaknesses so like there's a mutual beneficial uh partnership there versus being like 
always railing on you for your weaknesses. You're like, no, that's what I'm here sure. for. But I'm mad strong. I'm a black ranger. I'm a mastodon. Coming fast and strong. It's no defense. My girl's a pterodactyl and my best friend's a T-Rex. All of us together for a megazord. You can duck, but motherfuckers better run for cover when I get my sword. Knock them out like they never had rest before. I wonder, though, so uh, the story about how Big Tuna helped mentor you, do you feel like having um i guess that experience uh do you feel like getting that's been something that you've applied to like other aspects of uh of your life well um well that okay well in one sense yeah because when i met big tuna that was the first time i was working with kids i was i think i was like 15 years old and that was like my first job job um, working at a summer school as a teacher. And, um, and from then on, every, almost every single job I've had since then has been in a mentor position or in a teaching position or basically in a position where I was, um, I had younger kids, uh, um, to look after in one way or another. So like a, another job I had was working at a health clinic where I was um, leading workshops about like safe sex or harm reduction when using drugs or um, pregnancy or, um, you know, like um, resources if you want to be emancipated from your parents, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that if you're being yeah. abused at home, that type yeah, of yeah. thing. Um, another job I had was like ver- a, b- a bunch of different various after school programs where I was a counselor or a, phys- a, a PE teacher or something. Um, so being mentored by Sheldon kind of showed me by big tuna kind of showed me what a mentor should be to a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like someone who's firm, you know, who's not, uh, not necessarily your best friend, you know, we're not like equals, you know, and, but at the same time, I understand you because I've been you before. You know, I was you at one point. And showing and 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 when a kid understands that, they trust you more. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I think like it's he definitely helped me um, be a better mentor and and um, be in a better position to like pass along my knowledge to the youth and not and again not not from a sense of being like. I'm the boss and I'm teaching you what's good for you. And like, you're stupid if you don't listen to me, but more like, Hey man, like I feel you. Cause I was where you're at. You know what I mean? But trust me, you know what I mean? Like, don't do this the hard way. Learn from my mistakes, you know, <laughs> and learn from the mistakes that I've seen other people make. And like, I'm here to help you. And that's it. Yeah. Um, Empathy. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really get a lot of pleasure from that. Like I've always, I've always said that if I don't, if I wasn't a musician, if I wasn't doing music, um, or if for some reason, you know, something were to happen where I couldn't rap one day, you know, that's what I would do. I would teach. Um, cause that's what gives me pleasure is like passing, passing knowledge and, 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 and being a mentor for somebody who needs it. Well, that's well, important. Cause yeah, that's kind of what your music does though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah. Well, Noah was talking about how you play this confidant role. And I I would imagine with the mentorship, like, so that requires to create that safe space, you know, that trust that you were talking about for someone to want to like confide in you about things that they're not confiding in other 
people about, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you kind of like, because you get to release that in your music, right? Like you get to tell stories. Like there's some, you know, like there's some fun songs and there's some like more serious songs. Like, you know, there's good people. This for my people juggling them bills and fighting off depression, but still counting up their blessings because they know it's folks that's out there that be struggling for reals. Was like kind of like a really beautiful song. Thank um, you. Yeah, I really, really like that one. Um, but like, is that kind of like you getting, is that your safe space? Like music? Yeah. 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 I said, I would say it was. I, I would say it is. You know, um, I've done a lot of stupid things as like I'm sure most people have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm an adult now and, you know, I thought I always thought I am an adult. Yeah, I'm a grown up. You know, I'm a grown up. And I thought I always thought when I was a kid that like I would have everything. And I think like a lot of us feel this way is like you're I I was sure that I would have everything figured out by the time I was old enough to call myself a grown up. Right. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be making stupid mistakes and that I would be doing everything the right, the right way and the way I'm supposed to be doing. But like, I am seeing that like, no matter how old I get, I keep on fucking up. You know what I mean? I just keep yeah. on doing stupid things. And like, I'm not, ha- and I'm realizing like, and we all realize we don't have it figured out as an adult. Like you, you meet people who are 40, 50 years old who don't have it figured out. But mm-hmm. when I'm doing music, that's the only time where I really feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Where I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 when I'm making music, when I'm creating, when I listen back to something I'm proud of that I wrote, that's when I actually feel like I'm, I'm, I'm safe and I'm not. I'm not, I'm not at risk of making any stupid mistakes or like doing something that's going to hurt anybody. I'm not hurting myself. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, that is my refuge. That's like my haven, you know? And I've, and there's been times like where I was like living my life in ways that I'm like, I really wasn't proud of. Mm-hmm. But then when I could escape to music, I would be like, wow, you know, like this is what I should, if I could just do this, instead of the stupid things that I'm doing in my, in my everyday life, then I'm set, you know? And so I always, I always come back to music as, as my refuge, like you guys are saying, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You just got this, this, we're in his recording studio actually right now in San Francisco. This is like a new recording studio. Do you like plan to like lock yourself in here for the next like year? (laughs) Absolutely. Like now that we have, because we just got this spot like a couple of days ago. And like the problem we've always had is like not being able to, you know, we got neighbors or whatever. So we can't just bang the music as loud as we want and like three in the morning. And when I write, uh, I like to yell a lot too, you know, yell to myself, yell, yell the raps <laughs> out loud and stuff. And I can't do that, you know, when it's neighbors or there's people sleeping in the house or whatever. So yeah, now that I have this, I feel like this is, this is going to save me like in a lot of ways. This is going to save me from, from myself you know um having this space to just come and be alone or be with other friends that are creative that are willing to work on stuff this is where i'm going to be spending most of my time and like i don't nothing else will matter you know yeah i i figured cuz you were yeah you were talking about like the growing up and like feeling so amazing like while you're while you're making makes sense i was just like oh that's what this is the next grown up thing you're mm-hmm. doing is getting the studio right and like committing 
I love that you're saying about the studio is going to save you from yourself. Do you feel like when you are in times when you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not being the best me and I'm doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. Those times probably are cor- correlated when you, when you weren't spending time writing music. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that like is an indicator for you where you're like, oh shit, I got to go like put this out. Cause it's like, I think uh, we, we've been talking about flow a lot. Like you got to put that energy somewhere and mm-hmm. it's almost like you, you being able to have this process, this outlet transfers to your daily life too. Like you seem to be more positive, right? Like, cause you like have gotten that out and you can actually be more productive. Would you say that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and it's also, it's also therapy because then I could take all the things that I'm doing. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm doing some things that are really great in my life and some other things that I'm not so proud of, but either way I can take the inspiration that I've drawn from all those experiences and bring them here, you know, and, and, and sort of, I don't have a therapist to talk to, but I have, I have a, a, a beat that I could rap on, you know, I have a microphone that I could record into. And so that's, that's another, another way that I, I'll use it. And it's just, it, it keeps me sane, you know. There's a psychologist, Gordon Shippey, who talks about uh, how safety is so related to stress. You know, like we're in this whole bit about like everyone needs to like chill the fuck out. And like, you know, that it has all these great benefits of like health and like you have better relationships. You have, um, you know, you work better. But like the underlying pin to that he actually is making argument for is uh, feeling safe uh, and having a place where. Uh, you can you can let go you know and and stress is actually a reaction to that that's where fear comes in that's where Mm. all this stuff comes in and one of the tips he was talking about was like creating your home in a place that makes making sure that's a comfortable place which is like obviously but like not everyone actually has that option like totally yeah especially you know people who like you know a lot of kids grow up not feeling safe where they live or like exactly having people that you know not having allies or, you know, can't, they don't have people who who fit the thorough checklist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but actually, like, to that point, though, is like finding those key, because actually he works largely with like uh, kids who have been abused. They do find comfort in something there, you know, like, especially when you're in that mm-hmm. uh, in that sort of household, you, you find the like one comfort food from the one person that was actually cool, like cool right. with you, right. you know, like. Uh, for whatever reason you love that they they always fed you Oreos you know right, <laughs> or something right, like that right. and uh, that's why you know that's why we love those comfort foods or like uh, or it's a basketball or something no and totally like, totally no when I when I used to work w- with kids it was like one thing that uh, one thing that really stuck with me I had this boss named named uh, Carlo and he he one thing that really stuck with me he would tell us in in the meetings and stuff is that Look, some of these kids, they come here to this after school program and this is the only place in their whole 24 hour day where there's adults that are actually being nice to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they go home, their parents are there, their parents maybe whoop on them. Maybe they maybe they've had a long day at work and they Mm -hmm. they're emotionally abusive. You know, maybe um, 
they they've got older brothers and older sisters who don't give a crap about them you know who don't give a shit or whatever and they come here and they need you to be consistent like and um and it, it just it just all goes back to the safety thing you know like when people feel like they can count on you for consistency where they where where they know what to expect every time like every time i see olivia every time i see noel i know that she's gonna be this way i can mm-hmm. count on that you know mm-hmm. and um yeah it's really it's it's really important and it just applies to so so many different things you know and for me it's music you know music is the one thing that will never it's always consider i can always count on it to be the same it'll always make me feel the way that i need to feel you know yeah so that makes sense and and also like music is really powerful just because of i mean aside from like what it can make you feel but how easy it is to disseminate like within culture so it's like you know hearing somebody like talk about something that you've been through or whatever something that you relate to in any way like it's so much easier to hear music than it is to like go see a therapist or go find somebody like specific who cares mm-hmm, about you mm-hmm. like there's actually an argument made that like music is more powerful than like years of psychotherapy just because of how the abundance of it and mm-hmm. the ease of like what it is to li- how easy it is to listen to and ac- yeah, access yeah access yeah. And, yeah. and it's about being present with music yeah and when you therapy feel is like thinking sometimes yeah. sometimes you overthink stuff it's like analyzing so I could see how like music it's like bringing back to now which is what you yeah. really need to yeah being in yeah. the present yeah. yeah and there's like I feel like there's certain songs like like there's certain songs where like every time I hear them like I remember the first time that I heard them like I remember exactly how I felt the first time I, I heard them like for me it's like uh, anytime I hear the roots and Erica Badu you got me mm. like I remember <laughs> I feel the same way every time no matter how many thousand times mm-hmm, I've heard that mm-hmm, song mm-hmm. what's the song like do you have a song like that that's like you remember the first time you heard it oh I have so many um some that pop up right away uh, are um, the entire Fuji's album, the score. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as I hear that, that like, yeah. how many mics do we rip on the daily? Send me, say many, money. Send me, say many, many, many. Like, I remember being like a fifth grader practicing my dance moves right before the first my first school dance like to that song on my disc man you know what i mean and how that made me feel you know and like and like coming to school the next day and like and killing it at the dance you know and everybody being like adam's got i wasn't a one back then (laughs) you know you tell anybody yet or uh yeah yeah what else um shoot um outcast um um uh Miss Jackson like I'm sorry, Miss Jackson Ooh, I am for real. Never. like I remember when Miss ja- listening to Miss Jackson on my when the first time I heard it was on the radio I couldn't sleep it was like in 6th grade or 7th grade I couldn't sleep and trying to fall asleep in bed and I put on the radio back when when I was, back when mainstream radio was actually dope like yeah. they actually played the dope all the dope like you know local hits and stuff but they and hearing miss jackson for the first time the way that riff that that weird little organ riff mm-hmm. made me feel and stuff um what else uh shoot man like uh lauren hill x factor that always uh. made, that makes me feel the same way every time i hear it yeah that was like one of those songs that's like even though i think i like i heard it when i was like yeah like i'm 
I was maybe like 12 or 13 or something. And it still broke my heart, even though I didn't know what like heartbreak felt. (laughs) Right, right, right. You feel heartache like listening to that song, even if you're not like haven't been in a relationship for years, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just one of those ones. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many. That was a good one. That was cutty. Will you give it? Will you show us the dance after your your fifth grade dance? I I, it wasn't. I mean, it was just you know, it was probably just like a two step. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, okay. What? Well, if, oh, go ahead. I was gonna ask about the sacrifices. That's exactly what I was gonna ask. Wow. Sacrifices to like you guys do what really... you're doing now. I know we keep it real. We're really. <laughs> I was just gonna say you guys are really in tune. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sacrifices sorry what what's the full question um when it comes to so you know you're your 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 rapper and like the sacrifices for the life you want to live the thorough life like Mm. is there any sacrifice for that because one of the questions we like to think about is not just like what would make you happy is like, what are you willing to sacrifice to be happy? Or like what that, I feel mm-hmm. like brings out like what you're really, um, yeah. uh, what you really care about. So like what may sometimes get neglected a little yeah. as a result? Well, a couple things, I can think of a few things that come to mind. One is, um, one is that I know that if I was just working a nine to five job where I could like climb up in the ranks, I could already be making uh, like a pretty good, you know, nine to five wage, maybe like doing coding somewhere or something or, and where I could like have enough money right now to like raise a family and then some and buy a house somewhere and all that. But it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to make a career off of music, you know? And so I'm my, my, me making a living off music right now means like, doing what I can like for myself and not, and having to take the slow and steady route to get to that place where I could be, if I was just like working at a nine to five somewhere, like, a you know, and climbing up in the ranks. So for you, yeah. that wouldn't be success in some ways. Mm, not for me. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. No, because I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, another one sacrifice that comes to mind is maybe like relationships. Like, I feel like I've definitely, there's been relationships that I I gave up because I wasn't ready to fully commit because I was, I wanted my career to blossom first mm-hmm. um, before, because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to fully dive into a relationship with somebody that's, you know, ready to like settle down and do all that stuff if I can't. If I if 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 that means that you know we have a kid and then that I have to go and do the nine to five thing to 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 support instead of you know me building my career first mm-hmm. and then once my career is is where it needs to be then I can like do that yeah. and dive into a relationship with someone like that's your priority that's, yeah that's who you're married to right yeah. now right now <laughs> yeah. you know um and uh, and another one is and this is one like I still struggle with is the type of music I want to make, you know, cause I, I want to make music with a message. I want to make music that has some, some soul, some spirit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, but I know that I could probably already be like doing really well for myself in a music career. If I was willing to make, to kind of like dumb down my content, 
mm-hmm. you know, if I was willing to dumb down my content and make more songs, maybe catered to the stoners or, or just, you know, just the stoners or the drug or, or, or songs about drugs or songs about, about ass shaking at the club. And if I was just more dedicated to that aspect of it, I could probably already be where I want to be yeah. as far as making a living off music, but I don't, you know, I want, I want to make a living off the type of music that I love, which yeah. is music with a message that has, um, that does something for people deeper than just being able to dance to it. You know? Yeah. Noah's telling me that you have a food metaphor. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one I, I tell this to hey, y'all want to hear it? Yes. Yeah. Give us your food. Okay, I Give tell us this, the food. I tell this food metaphor to everybody. Where everybody Because I think it's I think it's I think it's pretty uh it's a pretty good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as artists we're we uh, the way I see it is that as artists you are a restaurant owner, right? And the people who consume your art are the customers at your restaurant. Okay? So there's there's a couple different types of restaurant owners, right? One restaurant owner, he serves you bacon double cheeseburgers and nothing but bacon double cheeseburgers with extra curly fries with extra seasoning salt that's deep fried and lard, right? Now, what happens? Your customers come back every time. They come back every time. They love your food. It's delicious. It's salty. It's fatty. Mmm, scrumptious, right? Bacon double cheeseburger. I can't get enough, right? You you're, you got lines out the door because people love your food. But what happens, right? People eat your food every day. They get fat. Diabetes. They get gross. They get diabetes. <laughs> they got brain fog. They can't think straight because, you know, all the, all the fat is clogging up their arteries heart and their disease. brain, heart disease. It's not healthy for them. You know, even though they want to come back all the time, it's not good for them. Then there's this other restaurant o- owner that all he serves is steamed Brussels sprouts and lima beans and and kale with no salt, no butter, no nothing. It's and and it's like the the food is so good for you. When you eat it, it nourishes your body, it helps you grow big, tall, strong, healthy. You can think straight, you can think clearly, you're more intelligent, you could read faster, you could run faster, you could jump higher. But what happens? You have no customers because people resent your food because every time they come and, and, and the analogy is that the guys serving the bacon double cheeseburgers are the guys who are making the songs only about ass shaking in the club, right? It's not doing anything for you mentally, spiritually, but you keep coming back for more because it's easy to digest. And the people who are making the steamed kale. Right. These are the these are the super over the top socially conscious guys that are preachy and all that stuff. And they don't and it's hard for them to get a lot of fans because people, you know, they don't want to hear that all the time. It's hard to listen to. It's hard. It's hard to stomach. It's hard to digest. So what's the secret as an artist? Well, they add no like sweetener to it sometimes, too. And the beats are bland and it's like repetitive or whatever. That's it. That's the trick right there. So. So if you're the artist, the whole trick is you got to serve the steamed kale with the lima beans, but you got to make it taste like a bacon double cheeseburger, (laughs) right? So that's what it is right there. So that's what I'm trying to do. I want to make music that nourishes, that satisfies, that, that, um, that is, is, is easy to digest. It's, it's, it's fun. It's all those things, but at the same time, it, it, it it's feeding your brain it's feeding your soul it's feeding you emotionally you know and so that's my goal i want i want to make 
art and music that you can listen to. It's not hard to listen to. It doesn't take a toll on you. You come back for more every day. You love the flavor of it, but it's doing something for you that you don't even, maybe you don't even realize it's doing. You know what I mean? It's making you grow tall. It's making you run faster. It's making you jump higher. It's making you think quicker, you know? So that's the, that's the analogy. When I look at rappers, I don't see duels. I see food. You a crab cake, a lobster, a rock cod. Only spit rail ish, top of a hot dog. I like a woman with. What's some of your favorite songs that you've made, like you've had the most fun making that kind of. The most fun making? Yeah. Um, the first winning was like oh, a blast. Was, yeah. Like Brian Wilson in the ninth inning. Winning. Like man versus food in one sitting, or more like Superman. That was such a yeah. Yeah, cause I cause I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that. Usually, it takes me like a couple weeks to write a song. I'm really slow when it comes to writing. I take my time. But that song, I think I wrote it the whole thing in like three hours, one night, just <laughs> pen to pad, nonstop. Got it done, and I loved every line in it. You know. Um, that one was really fun. Recording it was fun. Performing it to this day is still, we still close the shows with that one because it's so fun. Yeah. And it was very well received. Mm-hmm. Davin da- dancing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 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 That, that song was like, yeah. Yeah. Such like a, I feel like a wake up for like what else is happening in Bay Area. Cause people always talk about how like Bay is like where all the music culture comes from. But for some reason, like, you know, there are like the rap kind of is insulated. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the one that was like, yeah, this is what Bay Area music is like. Like, right. I see this what is you what mean. The, yeah. 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 Because it is really, it's really fun because the Bay Area has this way of being super fun and laid back and not serious. Yeah. Um, but we're also really intelligent out here too. Yeah, you know? and true. we're and we're hit and we have that we we we're the descendants of hippies, you know. Conscious, so we're yeah. we're the descendants of the socially conscious and the politically conscious. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that song, the that that that's kind of what I try and embody with my music, anyways. But I feel like that song does a good job of like mixing the f- really fun, happy lyrics with like some cl- kind of clever wittiness yeah. too, you know. So yeah, I had a lot of I had a, uh, a lot of fun with that one. That it would have to be rice and beans, but I stay hungry trying to live all types of dreams. Dream. I ain't a beast, I'm a chupacabra. Show me the gold, I'ma eat them like shroom pasta. So I'm I'm just wondering now. So like, you're obviously you're a professional rapper. So like, not unfortunately not everyone's gonna love everything that you do. Right. How. Do you deal now with um, when something isn't so well received? Do you feel like your foundation has helped you get through that? Um, you know, I still, I still, ah, man, I wish I was better at, at handling that. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I do. It, it really does affect me. Like when people, when I put something out that I feel like I've worked really hard on and people, it doesn't get received the way I expected. Um, Luckily, that hasn't happened in a while. Like, luckily, pretty much everything I've done in the past couple years has been, um, has been received relatively well or like, you know, or it has exceeded my expectations, which is cool. But it, it used to happen like, um, from time to time and it would really, it would really bum me out and kind of make me feel discouraged. But like, what I realized is just that like, your, your fans are your fans. Um, and, 
everyone who's ever been a, a super fan of a group knows that they've got low points and they've got high points. And if you're a really true fan of somebody, you're not going to abandon them as soon as they put out a song you don't like, you know, you're going to, you're going to listen to it. Maybe it's not your jam, but if you really believe in what they're doing and their message, you're going to stick with them. So I try, I trust my base, you know, I trust my following. And, um, if I do something that, maybe fall short of my expectations or of other people of my of my fan base's expectations or whatever then and but as long now i'm at the point where it's like if as long as i thought it was good then i'm just going to continue doing yeah whatever i need to do and, and it's all good you know i'm not worried they're they're, they're if they're truly my fan they're or, or my supporter they're going to continue to support so totally. you created good. that for yourself then like the safe place for yourself because for you it's the music it's about your connection right at the end of the day i mean like obviously it's great when other people connect to it but yeah but it's about me yeah, yeah. too yeah i'm I, i'm i'm allowed to be selfish with it because at the end of the day it's my voice yeah so i will say though like actually like i was looking at um looking because like you know the comment section it's just like the, the worst place in the world um <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but like your comment section is like knock on wood like very supportive like in all the videos like i don't think i've seen like a negative one people are really like oh i love his stuff i wish more people listen to him blah blah, blah. like that's usually i don't know if you read them but i was really surprised by how much support you get because like we always talk about like feeding the trolls and like how yeah the internet is just the worst place right <laughs> right but yeah your fans like even are like you don't really get you don't get much hate yeah. At least online. At no, least no, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. I do, but it's like, you got to really dig deep in those comment sections <laughs> to find them, which is nice. I'm, I mean, I, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going with it too. Because yeah. that's a blessing, but, um, yeah. And usually when it, when they do, usually when they do hate on me for something, it's like something super vague and just really over the top trolly. Like, it's like, oh, he's just like, like some racist something like, oh, these, you know, monkeys doing monkey business or something, you know, something stupid. Like, it's not even specific. It's like, you obviously don't even know what to hate on. So you're just making up something to hate on, you know, type of thing or like, oh, or this is, this is soft. Far as I'm concerned, you know I could turn a bunch of sad people into automatic fun average. You could turn You know if I make a song about like love or something. <laughs> this is soft. soft. You could turn my hands into automatic bun grabbers. You know? Like whatever. Like I, I read that and that that doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's more the things that the ones that bother me is more like when people are like, yo, I I was I was really waiting for this project and this like I, I expected more. Or something yeah. like that. Because then that's somebody who was like really anticipating yeah. something great from me. And then when I came out with it, it was like it wasn't what they thought it would be. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. Yeah. So you kind of like manage that. Ex- you you have to like manage yourself so like that you don't have to deal with other people's expectations. Because like I think that that must be like the hardest part about being somebody who's like recognized kind of like that people look to like in that way of like maybe your your music is the safe space right but then they have all these expect like people have expectations of you that maybe you don't want to fulfill like right or can't right because 
other people's projections are other people's projections. Like, right. And you can't please everybody too. Absolutely. The the and we're humans. So we, we grow <laughs> and we change. So like, you know, maybe, maybe they changed. Maybe it wasn't you, you know, and <laughs> their relationship true. to it. That's like, true. I'm sure like, have you done this lately? Like listen to an old song that you used to sound, uh, you hated and then you either like it or the opposite. You loved it. And now you're like, what was I thinking? All the time. Yeah. Cause yeah. you, you change and you mm-hmm, develop and mm-hmm. it's a relationship. So I think, that's natural mm-hmm. yeah um speaking of which uh i'm just curious about like so what's like your creative process then um when you write does it just come out or like you have any rituals or like my usual ritual is i like to roll an herbal cigarette oh yeah <laughs> um and you know take a few puffs and uh no i'm just kidding um <laughs> no i just i just i just uh i need to be alone that's like the main thing you know i need to be alone and i really like to work late at night like i get my best i get my best work done probably between the hours of 2 and 7 a.m mm-hmm. um um and being alone in a room like if i was alone in this room being able to shout um because you know i'll write I'll write and I, I like to be able to experiment with the tone of how I'm going to say it, how I'm going to, sometimes I'm going to do it really soft like this, you know, rap with like how I'm talking to you right now. Or sometimes I'm going to, I'm not going to shout in the mic, but sometimes I'm just going to shout. Um, and so to be able to experiment with that. So, um, so being alone, uh, doing it late at night, having a lot of time to kill, um, headphones. I don't, I, I usually like to write, with headphones so I, I'm, I feel like the music is like engulfed in my brain you know it's not mm-hmm. um and yeah and then just having like a pad like a, a notepad on my phone or something to write on um and taking my time and you write every day I try I try I try to write now I do for a long time I was like really slacking on that but now I, I try to write at least a couple lines a day if I even even if I just have to force like a line you know Maybe like even when you're not actually sitting down to write, the times when you're like away from the desk, yeah. do you feel like you have any activities that you do that kind of like maybe take your, when you're like, I've been working on this piece for too long and I need to step away from it or like um, just, I guess, any sort of other things that you like having in your life that you've noticed help the writing? Um definitely like just living life traveling traveling for sure helps uh me draw inspiration um sad bad things happening to me help a lot (laughs) like like sadness is just like the best anger and sadness and like heartache is just like the best fodder for um the best ammunition for for writing for me uh at least one of them for me i really um, like that just because that allows yeah, you to be thorough, you know, <laughs> if you know you have an outlet for like when you're going to get hurt, when you're going right, to like, right. and it's it allows strength. you to take that risks. Yeah. 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 It becomes, it becomes a, a, a positive, you yeah. know, to have bad things happen to you because you can turn <laughs> it into something beautiful. Yeah. Um, um, listening to other rappers helps a lot too. Like just, just, just even just, you know, cause sometimes I'll get caught up in my own way of doing things and then I'll listen to somebody like, I don't know, Chance the Rapper or Kendrick or something. And I'm like, whoa, this is totally different than the way I would have ever approached it. And just seeing like a different way of approaching something helps sometimes to to mm-hmm. get the juices flowing again. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I was going to say like Chance kind of like you guys have different styles, but 
the way that Chance goes about rapping kind of reminded me of you because he's really playful. Mm-hmm, like an mm-hmm. acid rap was just like, well, didn't he just do a bunch of drugs and like <laughs> make that album? Was like, hey, let's fucking try this. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, actually, what are your like, um, what are like your daily desires? So like, we know you're, you're, you're committed to your, to your music. Like, but like, what's like the daily, like, what's the other stuff? You know what? I don't think I had specific daily desires until recently because I was listening to this writer named Henning Monkhill. Henning Monkhill. Henning Monkhill. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember where he's from, but this dude is um, like, dude, you got to listen to this guy's right. talks because he is he has so much. He's he, he just died recently. but He's got so much good stuff to say. But what he said was there's two things that he has to do every single day mm-hmm. and ever since he said this this is i've adopted it into my life now the, the only one i have that's different from his is that is is to get out and, and get outside like i need to be i need to get outside at least once a day and and ho- hopefully that involves exercise right but so exercise get outside but the ones that he said were one I need to have a, a true, genuine belly laugh every day. Something that makes me crack up laughing, right? Once a day. I love it, yeah. And the second one is I need to learn something every day. Um, I like that. And since then, I, I've i kind of tried to, like, at the end of the day when I'm going to sleep, try and think, like, what is it today that I've learned? And luckily, like I listen to a lot of NPR and talk radio, so I'm like, I'm I always learn something new, pretty much just off of that every day. But it's usually it's even better when it comes from like a human interaction, right? Yeah, right. or something. So that for me is has been the 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 cool like little daily. I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's must heighten your observation skills sometimes because I think there's things to learn that's a big part of our podcast is just like learning just, from what's around you right yeah. it doesn't need to be like someone explicitly being like well did you know da, 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 da. you can just watch someone sometimes right you're like right. hey that's interesting i never thought that would work right like life. right now i just learned how a podcast is made like, i never <laughs> knew that you could just do a podcast with this piece of equipment right here and this little headphone like like uh headsets headsets that we got on yeah. and and a couple laptops and then we can put this online yeah That's and cool. a positive attitude is the most important yeah okay it runs on positive yeah it just shuts down when like yeah again too sour but my most important message will be how to live your life with less material possession have the knowledge to decipher all the objects of oppression but be able to survive with just a positive intention and an artistic expression he said i'm down seafood one last thing so we usually like to ask if there's like any advice that you would give somebody who kind of was like wanted to do what you do or who was kind of like interested in maybe how they could go about living a little bit more creatively. Like how would you, what what advice would you give? Like what's the first thing somebody could do? Um, Get outside your comfort zone. I think is, I think is probably the most important thing. Um, Like don't, if you've been living in the same city your whole life, maybe you stick with like the same friends, um, go somewhere. You know, meet new people. Don't be afraid to just reach out and meet someone new and go somewhere new. 
Um, I didn't start taking rap really seriously until I moved. Like I learned, I learned all the stuff that I was telling you guys earlier with Isaac and Big Tune at that school. But it wasn't until I moved to Boston and I was uncomfortable that I found <laughs> refuge. Like you guys are saying, I found my refuge and my safety in writing and like diving into it. You know. Um, yeah, it's quite mo- a shift. moving to the yeah. east coast yeah i moved to boston and then the following year i moved to new york and then that's where and when while i was in new york that's where i made the mixtape with sant with Star that got me my first bit of notoriety that started everything after school special I so didn't that know was, you made it there that's where we made it and that's where it all started and yeah. if it wasn't for me being out of my comfort zone and being in a place where i had to seek refuge in my writing and in making music, then it would have never happened. I remember, so, yeah, I, I think that. that's like the the best piece of advice I can give. I love that. All right, well, thank you so much for sharing your insights and just having this wonderful conversation with us. So much appreciation. Sure, yeah, sure. I appreciate you guys, man. This has been awesome. It's really cool just sitting down and talking with y'all. It's been awesome. Well, it yeah. sounds like Thurl's very in line with, line with chilling, chilling ambitious and our yeah. mission. That's yeah. right, totally. Um, it is about like making your life what you want to make it. Yeah. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned like when you said sacrificed kind of the the house and the stable job and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. And you that's know, someone else's dream. Yeah. Not your dream. <laughs> that's not your dream. No. no. Um, so uh, we've actually been interviewing you as A1 because um, that's how we knew you. But uh, your name is now changing. Yeah. So. Um, I'm actually now going by the name Adam Vita. Um, that's A D A M space V I D A. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I'm, I, I've changed it. Um, but besides the fact that A1 was just getting confused with like a million other rappers and musicians across the states and the globe that have A1 somewhere in their name that, uh, you know, and this is like the Google age where like you really need to be able to find people when mm-hmm. you like their music. Um, but besides that, I just felt like I just feel like, you know, I need a name that more re- represents like what I'm about these days. And Vita is it, I wanted to make it I wanted uh, a name that represented what my music is about. So life is mm-hmm. what I'm all about, what Thurl is all about. But the Vita, making it in a different language, and, you know, it's 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 Spanish, it's Portuguese, basically it's something that, that spans across the globe. And so I wanted something that basically meant life around the world, universal life, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. For sure. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I ain't even mad at it. Either talk back or fight back or just laugh at it. Every day I see another test like a lab rabbit. I've learned if you want a slice, then you gotta take a stab at it. So I'm back at it, back like a bad habit. I love that image of the hip hop cocoon. Because, <laughs> yeah. okay, so why I like it, because I do think it's important to create. Uh, like when you're still growing, when you're, when, and I, even as an adult and you have a new idea, you're going off into a new direction to have that space to explore and to not be so afraid to make mistakes and fail because you're new at it and it's going to happen and you have to go there and you don't really need people telling you how shitty you are at something because you know, you're not going to be the best at it. 
at the beginning. You may have some natural talent, but you're going to get to, you're, you're going to have to do better and you're going to be sensitive about it because you're just figuring it out. I think you need a few of those like victories under your belt to be able to start taking more risk. Yeah, more risk and taking some of that constructive criticism and being able to discern between the people who are just the haters and the people who are like, this is a legit thing that you could work on. And you need some confidence and grounding in that cocoon before you are ready for that. Yeah. Um, and that's what was so great about like big tuna. I think everyone needs a big tuna. <laughs> 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 I got your big tuna. I got your big tuna. But uh, yeah, but, you know, being like, oh, it's okay. Just go ahead and rap. And, you know, he knew like that. It, like Adam talks about how he knew um, at first that he wasn't very good, but everyone was still so encouraging. And like, that's kind of the difference between being like, oh, this thing really interests me and I could be amazing at it. Or, or saying like, this scares me and I don't want to try. Right. I love that because then he takes it to another direction of when he was in Boston. And that's when he became uncomfortable. And that's like when he really appreciated the refuge. Because in some ways, like obviously you always do when you're getting positive reinforcement in a place that you know you're fragile. But you actually, when you get that taken out from under you, where like, okay, those guardrails are gone now. He could actually have that confidence um, again from his his cocoon, be able to go forward in that. And then it even was a place that just like helped him cope with a place that that wasn't so forgiving. It became music really in that way really became his refuge and a place that he could yeah. express himself. So yeah. Um well if one were to try to go out and say like I because we all have these things. So it's just like, oh I'm interested in this, but I'm kind of scared and I don't know if I can do it. How do you make this if you don't have a big tuna <laughs> in your life right now? I think you have to seek out you can seek out groups like um, you can, I mean, if it's some, it could be something as small as like, hey, I've always wanted to try. Like um, I, for example, I have been on a karaoke league. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I have. Um, Cause I like singing, but I don't think I'm very great at it. And so that like, that was like something to kind of push myself to be like, Hey, um, I like doing this thing, but I don't want to feel embarrassed. Yeah. Like, and so it was like, I joined a league and I had a team and it was actually good. I also realized that my voice wasn't, it got, got better. And you have a also, nice voice. Thank you. But I also realized that like, I didn't when I was a kid. Um, okay. Everyone used to comment on it. <laughs> um, but so like, it was funny. It's kind of like, now I'm like, oh, I want to take professional singing. But like, it was kind of that, it, it was finding like a group where it was like, oh, I could feel like it was still uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Like I still have to sing on stage in front of people. But then I realized like some people weren't that great of singers. They were just great performers. Or, yeah. like, and I was like, oh, okay. Like there's now all the, like I now have all these tools. That's like, I don't have to rely on the, like my natural, like just my voice that I was born with. I can grow it by practicing. I can, you know, I can try harder to perform. Like, so yeah, you can just like look for groups or find people who are like, like I can be honest with you about this and like be like, oh, that's why I did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but like really seeking people kind of that. Um, have that same attitude. Have that same attitude. Yeah. Finding yeah. your finding your tribe, like our chill and ambitious tribe. Right. Yeah. That are, I guess, yeah. And being able to practice that with other people, which is the second part of being able to create this for others. Um, and, oh, I did want to add too. I think what we, what I learned from Adam is also creating a physical space. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, a great strength of Adam's, uh, something I learned is just like we, we always talk about playing to your strengths and his really big team. He got a really big team. 
Actually, no. He has a he has a tight knit team, and <laughs> <laughs> he has a tight knit team, and they all do their thing. But they still, but they still have really big, big dreams, dreams. <laughs> and they need some really big rings. Um, but yeah, like so, you know, <laughs> really Wu Star uh, producer, and he also does like some of his videography. He sometimes does some of the some of the imagery, um, like. And then Lamont Blanco, his manager. Lamont Blanco. They, he, you know, he talked about like identifying that some people he sees like with really great strengths that just don't use them, and like it's maybe just asking those questions and say like, "Hey, have you thought about using it this way?" Um, this was a story he told me that he didn't tell. We didn't talk about it on the show, but uh, his manager Lamont Blanco, he was saying like would always tweet the most amazing stuff and just like say this really great stuff, and. Um, and Adam re- replied to him and was like, you know, you should be like a manage a band or something. I feel like you're really insightful or whatever. And he goes, all right. Um, he's like, how about you? And <laughs> that's how that happened was like. <laughs> how about me? Oh, wait. He called I him out on it. Well, he called him out on it. <laughs> yeah. And then it just ended up working. It's so true. <laughs> Actually, that's how I got when I found my mentor with fashion. He was like. I'm looking for an apprentice, da, da, da. and I think he actually was a test. He wanted to see if I'd volunteer myself. Yeah. He didn't want to be like, you're going to be my, like, he yeah. wanted to see if I was hungry enough to be like, I could, I could do that, you know? <laughs> but yeah. So, he was like, I was waiting for you to ask. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you, he was your Lamont. Well, yeah, or, yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> kind of just like, yeah, not being afraid to ask that either, and, and then building that team. So learned so much from him. Right. And yeah, just the one, and, because he and picking people that you have that refuge with, and I think that's one reason why um, I was upset on working with you. Know is you know we didn't have all the details planned out on how to do this podcast, but I knew that we had like a similar approach to life, and that's what the podcast is about. And there was just a sense that like we would figure out the rest of it because it is hard enough just to find someone with that same vision. Even if I found someone who like maybe like. We work together well in terms of skill wise, but they weren't about being chill and ambitious. It's like, what's the fucking point? Yeah, this is kind of just born out of our. Right. And so I do think when you have that sort of team mentality, you're going to have that refuge. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, we got this. We got the best team. Um, so what is this week's question you didn't know was relevant? What is your refuge or safe place? What is your personal outlet? And Another question we wanted to ask to maybe get you thinking about where that refuge is, is where are you not afraid to make mistakes? It's a really good question. Really thoughtful. Um, so if you've answers to any of those things, please, please tweet us or let us know on Instagram. Yes. Um, and also make sure that you follow Adam. He's at Adam Raps, A-D-A-M-R-A-P-S. And uh, his website is adamvita.com. And yeah, hope you've enjoyed the music on this and um and you continue to enjoy the music. Also shout out to Nesta underscore underscore on iTunes for giving us that five stars who said and I quote don't sleep first podcast that got my attention in a long time smart and funny girls inspiring and intelligent topics I always gain something positive from listening Mm -hmm. 
Ah, love you, Nesta. Thanks, Nesta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that's exactly why we do this podcast. So it's so good when we hear those reviews and that we're making an impact and inspiring people with our guests and because yeah. we're inspired by them. So shout us out and we'll shout you out and tell us. We just really want to hear from you. So Yeah, so you can follow us on uh, on Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram, Snapchat, uh, any other Facebook, ones? Facebook, Periscope, all that stuff. Everything is at Chill and Ambitious. At Chill Ambitious. Ch- at Chill Ambitious. And you can also check out show notes, um, more stuff about our guests on our website at chillandambitious.com. So yeah, if you want us to keep doing this, definitely follow us on all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And I'm O. I'm No. I'm Adam. <laughs> and we love you. Bye. Bye. I'm doing the most. I'm doing the most. I'm doing the most.